0: markets on this tuesday and joining me to help us take a look at some of these stories is investment analyst at emergence investment managers Nolo Angele. Nolo Angele, good evening to you and uh, thank you so much for taking time out to speak to us
1: Hi,
0: how are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. No uh, What do you make of uh, what's happening there at uh, SAA Zook's uh, Ramasia this afternoon? The interim CEO uh, addressing uh, a few reporters there, and uh, I guess indicating that there are some workers who are at work, but uh, they are certainly baffled by some of the demands that have started to come through from the unions. And uh, because they're at the wits end, they are now going to approach the labour court. Yeah. So
1: it seems that you know things are you know escalating, and it's unfortunate because. Um, It's also affecting a lot of, you know, consumers as well in terms of being able to get on flights. But I think, you know, I think the union is being opportunistic at this moment, um, taking advantage of the fact that they're really trying to negotiate the wage increase. Um, They also want to put on the retrenchment on the table as well. Even though the initial strike action relates to the, you know, the, the, the increase, the wage increase, where the unions demanded 8% and the airline wants to give about 59 mm. So, But now there's more being added, which um, you know, you know, adds a bit of more complication to the mix. Hmm. And, you um, know, I guess
0: when we consider some of these issues, what will this mean for SAA and some of the revenue that they continue to lose every day, if indeed this matter is placed before the Labour Court and uh, that stalls even further some of the negotiations and deliberations that are underway here?
1: I think from a revenue perspective, I think just the mere fact that, you know, um, they had to cancel flights, they've probably lost of future revenue. And um, if you think about it, many people now who would have considered flying SAA will think twice before doing that. And they absolutely have to. So those are really future customers they've really lost just from the disruption um, and one of the things that, you know, don't get over easily as a consumer. I mean, if you have a flight canceled, it's the worst thing ever. So really, they really got some pressure from a top line growth perspective. As far as, you know, the cost part, which is really quite key because, um, in terms of revenue, they were, they were generating revenue, but mm-hmm. the biggest problem is they had needed to shrink their cost base. Um, we saw over the last few years, um, there were, I mean, there's two big initiatives that stand out for me. That was the first where, um, you know, former Minister Nene, um, canceled the Airbus swap deal which, you know, was exposed that way. they were not making the right expenditures in terms of the feats and they were not being economical and efficient in terms of what they were buying. And the second thing that we saw that a closure of about, you know, about a fifth of the routes. Um, it's part of the cost-cutting initiatives. Mm. So this was one, it's another layer of, the, like another step where they need to do in order to be able to um, get the business to be able to cover the interest burden, which is the biggest problem. So I think this obviously, you know, makes it very hard for them to stabilize the business because ultimately the, 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 the ideal thing they need to be doing right now is cutting costs. And like many other service, it's it's one of the key things to be able to drive a turnaround. Mm. And this makes it much more harder, and it might take longer for us to see some profitability out of SAA, if any at all.
0: Yeah, yeah. Let's shift our attention away from SAA. And uh, we'll certainly... uh, uh, for you, our listener who's listening in, uh, pick up that story uh, with paramila uh, Ruby just after half past eight this evening uh, in our second part of Under the Microscope. And uh, we're going to talk to her, of course, uh, also Nolwandli about, uh, I guess, this idea of whenever there is a dispute between the employer in this case, which is an SOE, and uh, some of the unions, uh, this demand of bringing in and saying, you know, we'd like to see the shareholder here. We'd like to, to have the Minister of Public Enterprises coming and uh, intervening here. I mean, what do people hope to achieve? Uh, by bringing in, uh, I guess, the shareholder representative here to try and uh, negotiate?
1: I think one of the things we you know, when you, for example, continue to go to a store, you're mad at someone, you want to say, I want to see your manager. So <laughs> I think that same kind of thinking where, you know, I want to speak to your boss, at least then I'll be heard if I'm speaking to the top dog, you know. That's exactly the kind of tactics they're playing. I mean, we have continuous do it all the time. there When we're not having the service, I want to speak to the manager. So those are the kind of things they're doing and trying to go over above the board's head, which is exactly the problem because there's a lot of bureaucracy in terms of how these SOBs were dealing with things. Um, and that's one of the things that the board and the people that are put in there, they don't want to be having To not make their own decisions. They want to be able to independently make decisions. Mm. And when people are causing ministers and the public enterprises to get involved, then there becomes, you know, some. You know, troubles start happening and then people are unable to function as a board and do their jobs properly.
0: Yeah, yeah. Let's uh, shift our attention away there from SAA and uh, go to the receiver of revenue, uh, which uh, uh, spoke before one of the committees in Parliament earlier on today about uh, the illicit tobacco trade. And uh, this number of 10 billion rand uh, bandied about here as the foregone revenue. And uh, I guess it speaks volumes about, you know, how large a part of uh, the cigarette trade in South Africa actually comes from illicit sources that uh, are able to circumvent some of the obligations to the taxman.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, we've seen year after year, taxes, they get hiked always at above inflationary levels. So it's always been like, you know, a quick win for, for you know, the the, the finance ministry to get additional revenue without feeling bad about it because it's in taxes. So, um, 10 billion is quite a huge number to be um, missing out on. And, um, you know, I think there is quite a lot of illegal cigarettes out there. And you know, the black market is huge. But in terms of, you know, how big it is, you know, no one really knows. And also being able to, to capture the people that are involved in the illegal activities, it's been quite a task. So I think also, you know, one of the things that they have mentioned that they need more resources in terms of being able to penetrate these these rings that are doing this. But I think, you know, it's 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 something that we should work towards because at this point, you know, in terms of improving our fiscal situation, any kind of original revenue is beneficial and you know, syntax is at least, you know, um it's a quite a big market that I'm sure that they can get more. I think they got like about four hundred million or so, I'm not mistaken at mm. the the blast bust. And I think there's many more and but there's still a lot of work to do in terms of actually having the resources to put people that are skilled enough to be able to detect Um, the different organisations that are doing this. Mm -hmm.
0: And, uh, you know, just briefly, I mean, when you take a look at this and, uh, uh, I mean, I'm sitting here on the one hand saying, Uh, You know, there was a guy there who was speaking about uh, imports of uh, tobacco being down and uh, uh, some exports uh, uh, um, increasing alongside uh, those uh, declining imports, uh, which is certainly a boon for some of the local manufacturers here. But from a health perspective, uh, I mean, surely one would argue that uh, this is one of those sunset industries that you probably want to phase out at some point.
1: So unfortunately, that's the biggest problem. That you know, I mean, economic theory has been with this for years in terms of you know the cost-benefit analysis of you know, for example, banning smoking. Mm. And I think it's you know it, it does make a difference in terms of revenue gained. If you think of you know British American Tobacco, besides just you know you know providing syntaxes taxes, the markets, they also um um get revenue and pay corporate tax. And they're a huge company, but they also have to pay corporate tax in South Africa. So the revenue streams from the entire industry are not just on the exercise tax side, but, you know, the profit that they get from taxing corporations as well. So there's a lot of financial benefit for the economy in having it, you know, for example, to be a a thriving industry, if I may say. Um, And that's why, you know. The e-cigarettes market is also growing as well. Even though now we're seeing globally it's coming under scrutiny because of the safety concerns, but you know, it's always been um, you know the toss-up in terms of you know when it comes to things that are bad for your health, such as even even alcohol now. It's the same thing as being you know you know debated whether you should be advertising anymore. I think you know the government has to end in the day also kind of protect its pockets and see that, okay, we don't want to completely just kill the industry um, because ultimately they see that, you know, you can use the revenue to, you know, create a better health system or whatever, whatever. Um, so it is a bit of a toss-up there. And that's why, you know, some alternatives such as e-cigarettes are being more favored and, you know, some governments are more lenient to regulating those mm. industries because they see that there's a health benefit of having them around as long as they're not killing people at all.
0: Certainly a difficult one, and uh, I guess we'll continue to debate it, even in light of some of the uh, newer... And uh, I guess least harmf- less harmful uh, alternatives that mm-hmm. are in the marketplace. Now, Rwanda, I want us to pause there for a second and uh, take a quick spot break. When we come back, uh, we'll uh, take a look at uh, some of the uh, news that are coming out of Tongat. And it seems the wait might be over uh, for many of us in the marketplace who have been waiting on some news here from Tongat. And uh, more, more especially, some of those results. I mean, they've delayed these results for so long. It would be nice mm-hmm. to take a look at uh, uh, what uh, those books looks like. look like. So uh, we'll continue with that on the other side of this brief break. If you just joined us, you tuned into our wrap of uh, the top business stories on this Tuesday. And I'm joined by Nuluan uh, Lemtombeini from uh, Emergence Investment uh, uh, Managers. And uh, we're talking about uh, some of uh, the issues that are happening at uh, the receiver of revenue in relation to illicit tobacco trade. But um, let's shift our attention now we'll briefly. Nulu led to uh, Tonga, it seems there that uh, the uh, property and the uh, sugar company uh, found themselves in somewhat of a pickle here. For some of our listeners who might not be familiar, well, what is the context here and what accounted for the uh, spectacular delay in their results?
1: As you know, um, St- um, Steinoff was suspended its listing a few months ago after there was some um, investigation and they found that there was some impropriety in terms of the, the, the financials. And basically, um, what came to light is that, you know, um, the f- previous figures of revenues and profits were overstated, and um, they got in some, an audit forensic team to come and investigate mm. and find out how bad the problem was and f- and how long it's been going on. And so far, it looks like it's been back um, under the previous CEO's tenure, um, as much as I think I- prior to around 2014, and now they've been delaying results to complete that investigation and now um, release the results that were delayed and give us an update in terms of what they found. And as it stands now, they will be releasing the key findings of the of the forensic report um, on Friday the 29th. They had initially said they want to do it on the 31st of October, so there's been a delay in doing that. Mm. And, yeah, I and mean, then the market's been waiting because um, this is just another you know, example of how you know, the management team, the board got it wrong, the auditors got it wrong, and the market has been waiting to see exactly what happened and see who can be held accountable. Mm. And and when
0: when you take a look at a company like this, I mean, many people have said uh, what has happened here is quite similar to what happened at Steinhoff, uh, maybe in this particular case, a bit more complex. But uh, this interface here between the property assets and the property business and uh, what uh, historically has always been the core business here of Tongat, how did that really complicate and, uh, I guess... Uh, Make the muddy the waters in this particular case.
1: I think in this particular instance, you had both you know both systems were used to inflate the profits you know at different times as well. So on the sugar side, you know you have you know quite unique accounting standards specific to the sugar industry and the market, We allowed them to overstate the cost and the the value of the sugar cane. In that, in that sense, it was complicated in that it's a very technical expertise that is required there and that maybe not everyone will able to see that the evaluation, because the method of valuing is not correct. Yeah. On the part of the property side is there were a lot of transactions. They, you know, Tongots had about, I think, about seven, seven thousand hectares, seven thousand hectares of, of property and they would use that to develop it and then sell it. And they were doing a lot of sales over a long period of time. And the timing of when these were booked was easily being, um, you know, they were booking the profits before the actual realized. But there were mm. so many transactions happening at the same time that it was very hard to see when one transaction ended as we booked and when it started. You just get the numbers, the figures, and the profits there. You can't really pinpoint it to this amount of area, this much, at this much, at this time of the time period. So even the disclosure in terms of how these transactions are facilitated, um, there was lack of thereof. So it was very really hard to identify where they were, you know, selling something that has not been realized. So those kinds of things for the layman who just goes through the financials, um, it's not hard to pick it up. Mm. But one thing you can look at, which is always like a go-to thing is cash. Always follow the cash and cash always did show I think there's not a bit of a match there because the profits were not matching up to the cash.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh, just the last one here, Nolwandle, uh, as we wrap up, I guess uh, this is one of those instances where uh, fiction at times might even emulate reality. Now, a few days ago, a rare blue diamond found uh, just outside Pretoria uh, in the area of Cullinan. Uh, has been sold for about $220 million, right? It comes through from Petra Diamonds. But uh, uh, if you follow the storyline of uh, South African uh, um, drama series, uh, I'm not going to mention the name of it or even the platform that it's, uh, 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 I guess, played on. But uh, it certainly has a uh, storyline related to one, Kanisa Diamonds. And uh, they recently found uh, a diamond which I think would be of similar magnitude or, or similar importance uh, here, just judging by how much it's sold for. Uh, what would you make uh, of uh, this particular one and uh, I guess uh, the coincidence uh, that uh, that storyline uh, at some point also gravitated towards a similar discovery?
1: Yeah, I think, well, I'm very happy for Petra Diamond because, they, you know, like I said, these diamonds are quite great, the ones we've been finding um, quite recently. Um, and just to put into context, this one diamond um alone will make up about 5% of the revenue in the prior year. So it's a big catch for them. And it's also happening in a time where diamond prices are actually under pressure and they've been weak. So globally, I mean, I know no one ever looks at diamond prices, but over the last, you know, couple of, you know, years diamond prices have been coming down quite weak. Demand hasn't been there too much. Mm. So this is a convenient time to, you know, to to get those big wins because it's one it's a red diamond, therefore obviously um prices are much higher and much more than the average price you'd get for a normal diamond. So this is a very good one, and it's going to help this which has been under pressure for picture diamond, given that the market has been quite tough. Oh, and you know, they haven't had the the diamond industry, the diamond mining industry, hasn't had the benefits that we've seen all the other resource companies. Sure. So I think it's it's for mining companies, and these found signs of these these rare diamonds is a big win for them. Okay. Don't wonder. always a
0: pleasure catching up with you. And a big thank you for taking time out to speak to us this evening uh, to help us wrap up uh, the top business stories on this Tuesday. That there was uh, Nolwa Antlim Tombeni, she's an investment analyst at Emergency Investment Managers, talking us through some of the big stories here in the world of business. And we're uh, going to take a brief uh, a break here. And on the other side, we get into uh, Under the Microscope, part one. And uh, we continue to take some reaction here on the appointment of uh, the uh, new GCEO at Eskom, Andre De Rater. And next up, we catch up with the Black Management Forum. You don't want to miss this one.